0: Tonight, we're going to answer a few questions about this fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about what is the fruit of the Spirit, what the fruit of the Spirit is not, and uh, how can I see this fruit in my life. But let me just start off by saying first, fruit is way better than veggies. Is anybody with me? Fruit over veggies. I just want to take a poll in here online. You can weigh in as well. Uh, If anybody in here says fruit Way better than veggies. Raise your hand and look around at the normal people, please. Uh, go ahead, raise your hand. Uh, is anybody in here weird enough? No, to, can you say that you really enjoy veggies better than fruit? Let's see. Your hand. Well, we have one half hand. Uh, so we've got some veggies here in the middle. Wow, your parents were strict, I bet. And uh, they convinced you they were good. Listen, all, all of the good flavors are fruit flavors, uh, strawberry grape banana orange nobody likes broccoli or peas that's just how it is yucky right <clears throat> that was actually the first thought I thought of when I got into this study the fruit of the spirit you're not here for my thoughts but that's where my mind went to isn't that interesting God called it the fruit of the spirit not the veggies of the spirit um, <clears throat> let's look at the Bible let's see what God says about it here we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. Galatians 5, 22. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. The fruit of the Spirit is some things. See, when we get to this word fruit in Galatians, it's not talking about edible fruit. The Bible is speaking of a byproduct, the product of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Y'all you with me? This is what the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, if we were to define it, they are character qualities that appear in the life of a Christian who is walking in the Spirit. Let me say that again. The fruit of the Spirit, these are character qualities that appear in the life of a Christian who is walking in the Spirit. If you are walking in the Spirit, like we talked about last week, you're depending upon the Holy Spirit, these things will come out in your life. It will be visible. These are not secrets. These are not things that you hope that are are there. These are evidences of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Now, I want to recap last week because it's so important that we do. Last week, we learned that there are two forces within us daily opposing each other, right? The Bible says they're contrary one to the other. What's one of them? What? The flesh. That's right. The flesh. Uh, Your flesh is your body, the desires that you have. The sinful disposition that you have naturally from birth, right? We've got this sinful nature, your flesh. And then we have the opposing force, which is the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that it's the dwelling place. He comes to live inside you. He uh, uh, makes you alive. He gives you new life in Christ, and he has new desires that he's giving you. You're, you're spiritually alive, so you've got your sinful nature within you, and you've got God living within you. And the Bible tells us, and we're going to backtrack here in Galatians 5, that when you are following your fleshly desires, there are some things that show up in your life. Now, I want to contrast these things very clearly with the other things, the fruit of the Spirit. We have what the Bible calls the works of the flesh, and the Bible has the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to take a bit of an inventory while we talk about them. Uh, The Bible has some lists of what these things are, and I just want to walk through them so you can understand them better. We kind of touched on them last week shortly. Let's backtrack here into Galatians 5:16. because this is so important in understanding what is the fruit of the spirit, what does it look like? And honestly, what, what does it not look like? Because you need to evaluate, and I need to evaluate, am I walking in the spirit let's use this hand because that's what I've been doing. Am I walking in the spirit, or am I walking in my flesh? Am I just following my desires? Let's look in Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning, you don't do both at the same time. You're either walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. It make sense? Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth, or desires, against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Ooh, there we go. I'm just growing up. Uh, The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Let's walk through these. When, When you are walking according to your own desires and not walking in the Spirit, these things are manifest. That means they are apparent. They show up. Much like the fruit of the Spirit shows up when you're walking in the Spirit. Let's walk through them. Adultery. Adultery is one person married, but having sex with someone outside of their marriage. It's breaking their vow to be faithful to one person. Someone that is walking in the flesh, this is a sin that will show up in their life. Can show up in their life. The next here, he said, uh, the Bible says, is Fornication. Let me be clear, this is any sexual activity outside of marriage. This is the Greek word porneia. Uh, that would include what you watch and what you do outside of marriage. Sexual sin shows up when you're walking in your flesh. This uh, word, next word here is uncleanness. This just means morally impure. It means just a, a basic word for evil. What, whatever is the opposite of purity, when you think lustful or evil thoughts, when you just dwell on things that you know are not pure, wouldn't be pleasing God. That's that uncleanness. And there could be a lot of things in that category, right? The, another sin, another, something that shows up when you're following your flesh is this sin of lasciviousness. I never use that word in daily talk, but it has the idea of being promiscuous, It's not necessarily the act of fornication, but it's everything leading up to it. It's loose, uh, uh, tempting, that would be lustful talk or expression, just kind of loose with your purity. Uh, There's this other work of the flesh that shows up, uh, which is idolatry. Uh, That's one we understand maybe a little bit better. Uh, That's reverence or devotion to anything other than God. When you are following your flesh, your priorities are messed up as a Christian, right? Right? You you love other things that should not have your attention uh, as much as God should have your attention, uh, whether that's a hobby or a person or what have you. Idolatry, it could be a number of things. Uh, this uh, next sin that's mentioned, this work of the flesh, is witchcraft. Uh, it's interesting. This is the same word where we get our English word pharmacy. This word can mean some sort of sorcery or actual kind of Witchcraft, but oftentimes it it refers to uh, using drugs. That's why we get that word. It's something that, uh, you know, you mix up that causes you to uh, kind of take over your life there. Witchcraft, right? Uh, that's, That's the word here, where we get our word pharmacy. The next work of the flesh is hatred. Listen, you're following your flesh. This is an intense dislike or hostility, lack of regard for another. It's an ill will against anyone. Listen, when you follow your flesh, we don't like people sometimes, right? Uh, that's one that's obvious. We're, we're, man, we, we tend to get bitter or hold grudges or we're angry wanting to hurt someone. Again, there's a sin that shows up when you follow your flesh. It's called variance. Don't use that one very often, that word. But it's the idea of conflict or arguing or fighting. Uh, being quarrelsome, somebody that's always just ready to fight, right? Just ready to make an enemy as quick, quickly. That is evidence that you're not walking in the Spirit. Uh, the next word here is this word, envyings. I'm sorry, emulations. I'm skipping ahead here. Emulations. That is the idea of striving to excel at the expense of another. Seeking to surpass or outdo others. Um, this could be something, a problem in your business or your work or just trying to be a better person. You're just, you look at somebody, you're trying to, I see what they're doing. Let me top that, right? Uh, this word wrath, that means vengeance or punishment, uh, the consequence of great anger. You want to get back at somebody when they wrong, have a wrongdoing against you. Uh, We have to remember, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, right? God made a clear verse about that one. If these are things that are showing up in your life, if you're quick to anger, if you're ready to fight, if you're trying to outdo others, if you have hatred, these are works of the flesh. You can honestly say to yourself, man, I am not walking in the spirit. And you know what? This is something we all battle. Let me continue. I'll, I'll try to go a little quicker here through these. There's this word, strife. Sometimes that's a word that just defines our household, uh, defines your household. Strife, stress, fighting, quick to fighting and opposition. This could mean uh, somebody that's just given to debate. They just like to debate and argue with everyone. They just want to, make a, they just want to be right all the time. <clears throat> the Bible says that's a work of the flesh, there's this sin here listed of seditions. Seditions, it's a, the idea is rebellious disorder. You're just causing trouble. You're a troublemaker. Uh, causing trouble. We do that when we follow what we want to do. This idea of heresies or, or holding a doctrinal view that conflicts with what the Bible has to say. You, you want somebody that's going to bring up doctrinal issues in the church to bring division among the body of Christ? That happens when they're, it doesn't happen when they're walking in the spirit, it happens when they're walking in their flesh. Envyings, envyings, this is a feeling of discontent or covetousness with regard to another's advantages, success, or possessions. It's when you're jealous, or when you say, they shouldn't have that, but I should. That mindset of envying is a mindset that comes from following your own flesh, uh, this is one that's obvious, murders, intentional killing of another human being. We, we wouldn't uh, devalue human life if we're walking in the spirit. The next work of the flesh that shows up is this, drunkenness. Uh, that could be intoxication of alcohol, something that uh, it could be a mind-altering drug, excessive drinking, drug use. And then the last one here is revelings, uh, which has the idea of partying, hard partying, just kind of letting loose of your judgment and just going with the flow. Uh, All of these things, if you've ever seen them show up in your life, these sins, to one degree or another, it's because we have that inner fight and we want to do our own thing and our own desire. And when we're following our flesh, the Bible says that is what comes out in your life, So let's just be honest here. Who really wants those things showing up in your life? If you are a Christian, if you're in this room on a Wednesday night or you're watching this online, you probably have a desire to follow God, right? You probably have a desire to do what's right. None of us want to be problem causers, strife in our house. We don't want to hate people. But we have this tendency to lean that way, and those things can come out in our life if we're not walking in the Spirit. See, but the Bible says in Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you want to see less of these things that a list I just read showing up in your life, and you want to overcome these things, the solution is walking in the Spirit, See, there's a byproduct that comes from that, that when you walk in the Spirit, or how we talked last week, walk in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, you're trusting Him to do the work He came to do in your life. In a moment-by-moment basis, that dependence upon the Holy Spirit produces other things in your life. You do things you wouldn't naturally do because it's not you that do it, it's Christ through the Holy Spirit that does it through you. So let's Look at the, the comparison here. Verse number 22. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love starts off with love. Love, love, love. I love pizza. It's not the same as that, right? This is the word agape. It's God's love. It's not I love pizza or I love whatever your favorite show is. This is a love that is something you don't work up. This is a love that God works through you. You say, I never thought I could love somebody in that way that treated me that way. I never thought I could forgive. That's because this fruit is worked through you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we're going to get to that, and I want to explain that a little bit more. But God's love is an unconditional love. It's a love without thought of return. I would encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm not going to. There's another list in the Bible but the Bible says this love, God wants to work through you. It's a patient love. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It's not self-centered. There's no pride. Listen, guys, we need that kind of love. I need that kind of love. But that's something, we don't just muster this up. As we're going through here, I want you to know that these, the Bible says these are fruit of the Holy Spirit. This isn't a fruit of yourself. The Bible says we know that in us, in our hearts dwell no good thing, our flesh. It's not us that's doing this. It's God working through us. Uh, this love is a selfless love. It, the Bible says it's a love that's slow to anger. It's a love that doesn't think wrong. It's a love that does not celebrate sin. It's a love that bears all things, believes all things. It means you're always giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that God wants to help you to do these things. He wants to work them out in your life. Uh, that would be really awesome, wouldn't it? The next fruit of the Spirit. The next uh, little piece here is that of joy. Joy. Joy can be defined as a calm delight, or the word gladness. This is when you're able to say, everything is okay because God is with me. Do you know, not everything in life is good. There are a lot of things that really stink, a lot of terrible circumstances, bad things. But the Bible says, You have this ability to walk in the Spirit, not fulfill the lust of your flesh. The lust of our flesh would look self-centered. We would say, look at all the problems I have. We would grow bitter. We would grow cold. But somehow the Holy Spirit can work in us a joy. We can respond to circumstances saying, you know what? It's okay because God's with me. The Holy Spirit's walking with me through this. He's leading me through this. It's, I'm okay because God's with me. It's a joy in the midst of difficulty. That's different than a happiness that may, may, you know, you're happy when you go to Disneyland, right? Happiest place on earth. Um, you ever been to Disneyland and your kids are hot and it's the middle of the day and you're getting a sunburn? It's not so happy. <laughs> it's different than joy, right? Uh, joy is God-given. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The next fruit of the Spirit here is this word, Peace. Man, we love that word peace. It means quietness and rest. Just think about that. I had to pause because it means quietness and rest. You can have peace when you walk in the Spirit. When we walk in our flesh, we have unrest. We're at, at strife and at odds with other people. The peace that comes through walking in the Holy Spirit comes because you have peace with God. Your soul is at rest, right? Ah, I'm forgiven. Ah, I'm not alone. I'm part of a family. You can you can rest. You, the Holy Spirit gives you this ability to have peace with others. Peace is something the world longs for. And the world longs for peace because the world longs for what Jesus has to offer. It's what a Christian has by means of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. This uh, To define this, you could say this is an ability to overlook the faults of others. Long-suffering could also mean bearing under the weight of difficulty. But this long-suffering it's not quick to anger. It's not wrathful like our flesh would want to be. It's, it gives us this ability to, when somebody does us wrong, I'm going to overlook that. It's that word the Bible uses as forbear. You know those things people do that annoy us or bother us, and we just want to kind of lash out at them? Through the Holy Spirit, he'll work in us long-suffering and patience. You, if you've ever seen somebody going through either a difficult situation or go through a, a, a trial at work, a testing, a Christian that just can handle it, uh, they're not handling it because they mustered up the ability to handle it. The Holy Spirit, when you depend on Him, when you walk and you say, Holy Spirit, control me, Holy Spirit, fill me, He gives you this fruit that He makes that fruit come apparent in your life, long-suffering. Another fruit of the Spirit is this word, gentleness. Gentleness. Gentleness, that means excellence in character or kindness, mildness of temper. Um, I know that I am in a room of people that have lost their temper at one point, right? Uh, when we lose our temper, we're just doing what we want to do. We're just selfish. We want our own way. We want it done the way we want, and we, we're not patient Goodness. The, this gentleness that, that the Holy Spirit can give us is a kindness. It uh, responds properly. It's a mildness of temper. Uh, if you know somebody that's gentle in that way, uh, and there are some people in this church I know that are gentle in that way, it's not something they've worked up themselves. It's not something they've just tried really hard to, to make in their life. They're walking in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, and they're saying, Holy Spirit, you do in my life, what I cannot do, work this gentleness in my life. The next fruit of the spirit here that, that's listed is that of goodness. It's virtue. It's just a disposition to do good to others. When we follow what we want to do in our flesh, we have a disposition to hate others and to call them names and to make fun of them and to watch them hurt. It's what makes us laugh at those America's Funniest Videos when people hurt themselves and we laugh, ah. I mean, we're naturally bent that way, but God's Holy Spirit can give you the ability to have goodness, where you just have a natural bent, uh, a supernatural bent, rather, to do good for other people. When, when the Holy Spirit prompts you and he says, hey, uh, why don't you go and give something to that, uh, you know, the, the illustration is the person on the side of the road, or, or maybe it's somebody in church here that you hear about that has a need, and you say, well, I'm going to meet that need. That's not your flesh that's telling you to do that. That's certainly not the devil telling you that. That's the Holy Spirit. When you depend on him and trust him, he leads you toward that goodness. That's a fruit that he works out in your life. If you know good people in here, they're good because the Holy Spirit makes them good. They're they're depending upon him. Uh, The next word here, the next uh, fruit that comes up, uh, we've got gentleness, goodness, and faith. 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 Uh, this word faith here, it has the idea of fidelity or faithfulness. It means one who can be trusted, one who is true to his word and promises. We naturally are deceitful liars. That's just who we are. But the Holy Spirit, when we depend on him, he changes us. Uh, we, we depend upon the Holy Spirit to work this faithfulness. See, you wanna, if you have a problem with lying, you have a problem that you need to walk in the Spirit. You need to depend upon Him and say, Holy Spirit, help me to tell the truth. Help me to be honest with those around me. Help me to be faithful. Another one of these fruits of the Spirit here is this of meekness. Meekness has the understanding of humility or patience in the reception of injuries. Uh, Jesus was meek. He had all the power in the world, but didn't fight back when they were putting him on the cross. He, he held his strength. And the idea of meekness in the life of a Christian means, you know what, I'm not going to fight my battles back and, and get revenge for things. I'm going to trust God to vindicate me. I'm going to avoid revenge. I'm just going to understand God's got this. God will take care of me. God can handle this. That is a supernatural response. It's a fruit the Holy Spirit works out in your life. These are sounding pretty good, aren't they? be great if we just this was something that we just have coming out of us at all times. The last uh, thing mentioned here, this last part of the fruit of the Spirit is that of temperance. Temperance. Temperance is the idea of self-control or the ability to self-govern. That's the ability to say no to yourself. How hard is it to tell yourself no? You set an alarm clock in the morning. supposed to get up at 7 o'clock. What happens at 7 o'clock when the alarm clock goes off? Snooze, right, or something like that. It is hard to tell ourselves no. It's just hard. There are so many areas of life where we've got to tell ourselves no because we're not here for ourselves. And I'm going to get into what the Bible says about dying daily, crucifying our flesh, as the Bible said, with its affections and lusts. The fruit of the Spirit. A couple things to point out. It does say the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. You know, you, could, uh, you know, we could debate about what that means. But the idea is that all of these things are what the Holy Spirit's working in you. It's not that you, it's not that you learn one or the other. Um, this is something the if you're walking in the Spirit... All of these things can be seen in your life. So we've seen kind of what the Holy Spirit, uh, what the fruit of the Spirit is. These are the fruit of the Spirit. But I want to clarify some things it's not. This is really important. The fruit of the Spirit is not a learned discipline. Let me say that again. You say, okay, Chris, thanks for that list. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All right, I'm going to start Let's start with love. I'm going to figure that one out first. No, that is not the idea. The idea is not, okay, here's a list and I'm going to work these things in my life. Let me really try hard to make these things happen. It's not something you work up or work out. It is produced by the spirit working in you. Let me explain. It's not something you produce. It's something the Holy Spirit produces. Here's a good way to understand this. Salvation. Do you earn your salvation by trying really hard to get to heaven? No. We don't earn our salvation. It's not a matter of, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to make it. No, we say, no, I'm trusting Jesus. He does all the work, and I'm making it only because he made it. He was perfect. He died in my place. He raised again. I trust him fully. So we trust Jesus for our salvation. Think about it this way. Trust the Holy Spirit for your sanctification. Let me explain. You're not working to get your salvation. And you say, well, how do I become more like Jesus? How do I get this fruit of the Spirit in my life? What do I have to do? The same thing you have to do for salvation. You have to trust the Holy Spirit just, see, Jesus came. He had a job to do. His job was to come here and die on a cross. He was to be buried three days. According to the scripture, and he was to rise again. That was his job. He had a mission. Well, he said, it's good for you that I go away. I'm going to go away because the Holy Spirit's got to come. He's a comforter. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring things to remembrance that I taught you. Uh, The Holy Spirit has a mission here in this world. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's going around the world convincing men. Uh, He's convincing them of their sin. Uh, He's convincing them of a number of things. He brings conviction. But the Holy Spirit has a mission in our life. He comes to dwell inside of us. And in the same way we trust Jesus because he had a job to do that only he could do, the Holy Spirit has a job to do in your life that only he can do. You are not to work out the fruit of the Spirit in your life you are to depend upon Him and trust Him to bring the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Does that make sense? That's different than trying really hard. It's not a matter of going home tonight and saying, okay, how can I love more? Let me make a to-do list here. That is not the Holy, that's, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to try to make it a work of your flesh and then you're going to get prideful because you say, look at all the stuff I learned to do. That's not it at all. We're depending upon him in the same way we trust Jesus for salvation, we trust the Holy Spirit for sanctification, or he's the one that brings about that process of us becoming more and more like Jesus. Depend upon him. So let me answer this question. How can I see this fruit in my life? How can I see this fruit in my life? I want you to see a verse here in Galatians 5, verse 24. Galatians 5 verse 24 says this, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How do I see this fruit of the Spirit in my life? One of the things the Bible is really clear about is that on a daily basis, we need to Mentally, spiritually, however you want to say it. We need to consider ourselves, our old selves, that, that old man, that flesh that always wants to be contrary to the spirit. We need to crucify or put to death our flesh with its desires. We say, you know what? You died with Christ and you're staying there today. That's what we say. Romans chapter 6 verse number 10 says it this way. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Galatians 2:20 says, in essence, the same thing this way. Galatians 2:20, "I," meaning my sinful self and flesh, I am crucified with Christ. I'm dead." Right? I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You have to understand that you've got to mentally, spiritually believe the truth of the Bible in the same way that you say, I believe God's word said that Jesus died for me. I believe God's word said that he rose again. I'm trusting him for salvation. Well, you need to believe that God's word says you you are dead to your old nature, that it is crucified with Christ, and you are free to walk in the Spirit. You are free to serve him, to serve righteousness. You're crucified with Christ, but you're still living, but it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ that lives in you. Do you understand? Don't walk through the day saying, how can I be good today? Listen, that's the wrong question. It should be a, a prayer and a moment-by-moment dependence of saying, Holy Spirit, control me, work in me. I'm depending upon you to work this out. It's, it's, we walk by faith in him to do what he can do. So last week we talked about how do I walk in the Spirit. We talked about two steps to walking in the Spirit. I'm going to add in another step this week uh, according to these verses here. So last week we said, number one, we probably need to start with confessing our sin. Uh, the Bible says that if we um, want to walk in fellowship with Jesus, that we need to walk in the light. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Holy Spirit, we learned last week, is, is uh, a person, a, a person of the God. He's very much alive and real. And he's somebody that, the Bible says, you can quench and you can grieve. Much like uh, when you quench a fire, you put out its influence in your life. You you stomp out its control. Well, our sin and our continual following of our flesh quenches the Holy Spirit. And it grieves him. It it hurts the relationship. And before we can walk in the Spirit, we got to start with this area of confessing our sin. The Bible says when you agree with God that these works of the flesh, you say God, I've gone through this works of the flesh and just like you said, the works of the flesh are manifest. They are showing up in my life. I have trouble lying. I have trouble with my anger. I have wrath. These things are showing up in my mind and my thoughts. God, forgive me for these things. I want to walk in the spirit. God, forgive me for these things. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Confess your sin. Step one. Step number two: Consider your flesh dead, and yourself alive by the Spirit. You've got to reckon, just like the Bible says, and it's got to be a daily reminder. And listen, we forget. We've got we. That's why we constantly have sermons and songs and people and groups reminding us, because we are just forgetful people. Uh, we're like Dory. We have a, a short-term memory loss, right? We forget what it is that we're supposed to remember, the fact that I'm dead, my, my flesh is dead with Christ. I'm free to walk. Sometimes we, we just forget and we think all day long, I'm stuck in this way. I have to be this way. No, you don't. You need to consider your flesh dead. That's step two. And then step three is simply this, ask the Holy Spirit to control you and depend on him. Uh, we, we talked last week how, what do you mean, just ask the Holy Spirit to control me? The Bible says if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That's, that's nice, right? We ask something, we know He wants. And The Bible says walk in the Spirit. The Bible says be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled or controlled or influenced by the Holy Spirit. We know that's God's will. The Bible says if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that if He hears us, we have confidence that we have those things. Listen, when you ask the Holy Spirit to control you, that's you submitting to Him. That's you giving up the control of your life to Him. And He will control you. He will fill you. He will give you those promptings, those leadings. He'll he'll show you how to be good and gentle and loving and kind and all of those things. He'll work those in you. What's going to happen? Soon enough, because your flesh is still alive in you. And as Romans talks about, man, when I want to do good, sin is present with me. What's going to happen eventually? You are going to sin again. Well, what do you do? Confess your sin. Reckon yourself dead unto sin. Alive under God. Ask the Holy Spirit to control you. And depend upon Him to do so. It's an active dependence. It's not simply... Uh, It's not you working it out. It's an active dependence upon the Holy Spirit to work those things out in your life. Is that helpful? I hope that's helpful. It's helpful for me. Uh, One of the the things that I learned about this topic of walking in the Spirit that was kind of set me at ease. Just like you learn to walk as a, a child, a child learns to walk, it takes about a year, around that year mark. And the child walks a couple steps and falls down. They get back up. They walk a couple steps more. They fall down. They get back up. Give yourself some space. Uh, Give yourself some grace. God does. This is a process you're going to learn. It's a new rhythm of your life where you will be constantly confessing. But remember, you're not confessing to be saved, you're confessing because you want to walk in the light. You want to walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. In your life, right? He's holy. He's, you don't walk with him and just walk in sin at the same time. It doesn't work that way. You're walking in the Spirit and walking in dependence with him. And he'll work this fruit out in your life. And uh, it's something, a process that we're going to learn together.